Imagine being at the doctor a world away from your family and friends and not having anybody to put down as your emergency contact. That is exactly what happened to our guest, and we are going to find out what she did about it. Welcome to Friends on Hand, the podcast where we explore the fine art of friendship. I am Nancy Hand, friendship and social confidence coach, and today we're talking with Colleen Flynn. Colleen is a communication and marketing professional who recently earned her master's degree in international law, governance, and public policy, and she aims to transition into a career in the international human rights field after she earns her Juris Doctor degree. So I will say an early welcome to the bar. We're looking forward to having you join. She is also a writer who loves to inspire others who suffer from anxiety by sharing her story of how travel helped her overcome debilitating social anxiety. And and y'all, you're I would have never guessed this about Colleen, so we're in for a real treat. Colleen and I met through a a Facebook group called Girls Love Travel, and uh, she reached out to me uh, based on a post, and I think that our conversation is going to be a great one. I'm looking forward to this. Thank you for joining me, Colleen. Thanks for having me, Nancy. I'm excited to be here. So we met... um, briefly the other day just to get to know each other. And you've just got a little sparkle. I I really enjoyed our conversation. And um, I'll lead with my favorite question, nature or nurture. Did you pop out with that gregarious um, openness or has this been something you learned to do? Absolutely not. Um, I actually suffer from anxiety and OCD, and it manifests a lot into social anxiety. So I've worked really hard to try to be more open um, and just honest and create new friendships, but it's something that's really hard for me. So have you how have you learned to do that? Is have you read books, uh, gone to trainings? What has been the sort of the catalyst for you coming out of your shell and being able to connect like you do? Because you really connect well. And we're going to talk about your travels in a minute. So how did that happen? Um, I think that it's slowly gotten better throughout my entire life. Most people would not be able to notice that I have social anxiety, whether they be new people such as meeting you, not being able to identify that with me or long-term friends. Um, But I've found that actually traveling and specifically traveling on my own through solo travel has really helped because it's put me in situations where I've absolutely had to get out of my shell. And every time I travel and I go on a big trip by myself, I come back a lot stronger, especially when it comes to um, really helping with my social anxiety and making new friends. I love that because a lot of people go out of their way to avoid those situations. And it's, you know, one of those, you know, makes, you know, what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And you're a great example of that. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, the old Colleen would have absolutely avoided those situations, (laughs) especially because with my social anxiety, I get physically sick. So I've definitely um, spent a lot of time having panic attacks and being physically sick, just worrying about um, something new coming on, especially travel, but it's always worked out to benefit me in the end. Okay, so so other question. (laughs) A lot of people would have just avoided travel. So what was the draw there for you? Because, I mean, 
you're, we're going to talk about the travels. You, you've been a, had wanderlust like crazy. You've been all over the place and not just like <laughs> traveling. You go there and you live. So yes. what, like, when did that start? When did the travel bug bite you? Because you were young. You're you're still a little wee baby. <laughs> um, I just always envisioned traveling. I come from a fairly small community. I mean, it's not that small of a town in Northern California, but to me it felt small because that's where my mother was raised. I went to the same high school as she did with her siblings. Um, And when you're there, you kind of feel like you know everybody and it's a place Mm -hmm. where people stay, including my family. And it really is lovely, but I always envisioned setting out on my own and just exploring the world. Your Bilbo Baggins. (laughs) (laughs) okay so where was the first place um well actually the first place was when I was in middle school I had only been on a plane by that point when I was much younger for my first birthday my family and I went to Philadelphia to visit some other family members so of course I didn't remember that but in middle school we had a Um, somewhat field trip, but it was optional to go to the East Coast. And luckily, my aunt paid for me to go to the East Coast with some classmates. And that was my first kind of trip. And then my first trip international was to France when I was in high school with some (laughs) other classmates. And then after that, I did an internship in London when I was in college. And most recently, I earned my master's degree in Sydney, Australia. Okay. So we've got some ground to cover uh, as far as, you know, geographic friendship. First of all, and and I'll just, you know, this is a good question. What does friendship mean to you? Friendship means the world to me. And I don't mean that to have pun intended because we're also talking about travel, but I've just found that friendship is your chosen family. And I'm lucky enough to have an amazing family by birth, but I also have an amazing extended family through my friendships and they're really there for you throughout their lows in life when being someone who suffers from social anxiety it can feel really lonely sometimes so being able to have those friendships and really um lean on them when I need it is so important and how do you know when you meet somebody new how do you know if a friendship's going to last do you know (laughs) <laughs> and if so, like, and does that matter to you? Are you in it for the long haul from, from like, you know, hello? Or is there something else going on? I think that a lot of it can be intuitive. Um, mm-hmm. With me specifically, one of my very best friends, we met in high school and it was really hard to get her to be my friend to this day. Over 10 years later, we always talk about how I pretty much begged for her to be my friend. There was just something from the onset that I knew I wanted her in my life. Um, And luckily, I think that I'll have her forever. I didn't know she was going through some things with um, a boyfriend who was pretty controlling, but I just wanted her. (laughs) I wanted her to be my friend. I knew from the very first conversation we had that we could be friends forever. And luckily to this day, she's still one of my very best friends and I'm actually going to be the maid of honor in her wedding. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, congratulations to her. And what fun for you. <laughs> it's hey, there's very things. They want you to do things when, they, when you have to do that. <laughs> 
you have a job now. <laughs> it, it is a job, but it's a An fun extra job. job. <laughs> exactly. And what are the what are some of the things you look for in a friend, especially when you're traveling? Like when you're in another country, um, what are you looking for a, as far as your companionship and friendship there? And when you are in another country, are you still looking for the long haul or is this like while I'm in France, friend? I really value friendships. So for me, I want to hold and collect friendships for as long as possible. Um, There definitely are the friends that are only in your life for a short period of time. Um, But I really try to hold on for as long (laughs) as possible. And um, I I think that I try harder with people who I know are interested in learning more about you as a person. I'm really into the inquisitive people because it can be difficult for me to just be vulnerable on the onset. So Mm -hmm. I'm a lot more attracted to people who are inquisitive. And um, it's actually one of my biggest pet peeves when people don't really value what you're saying. And I think that that's (laughs) a a telling sign for me to know either to run or stay with this friendship. Well, I was just going to ask you, what are the deal breakers? And and what will totally, (laughs) because of you have probably a heightened sense of, of when someone's approachable, when, what turns you off? What's like, uh, uh, that's a red flag, not going over there, not going to say hello. I I really try to pay attention to how people interact with other individuals, not just myself. So whether it's a mm. server at a restaurant um, or anybody else around, I'm more attracted to the people who are just always going to be nice and kind to others around them. So it's definitely um, something right off the bat that I can be like, oh, no, thank you. I think this isn't my type of person if they're just not kind and open to others. I love that you are the first person to say it that that watching other people interact is a key component to appro- to approachability. Um, anything else as far as like maybe somebody is, is by themselves and anything that would deter you from saying hello? Um, something that I, I try to do, and I must admit, I'm not always the best at this. I've definitely had opportunities where I've thought, oh, I should have been better about that and gone over. But because I suffer from social anxiety, I really try to identify when others are having a difficult time and pull them into conversations with other people or just go talk to them on my own. Um, so that definitely doesn't deter me if they're on their own. But sometimes I'll think to myself back to something and I'll be like, oh, I really should have just worked up all of the courage I had to go talk to them. But that does take a lot out of me. So I can't always do that. I love that you're proactive. And to that point, I really want to talk about, tell us the story of Australia because (laughs) I led with it and it's awesome. And everybody's like (laughs) hanging on the edge of their seats like, what happened in Australia? (laughs) Um, Australia was the first time I landed on a continent. I didn't know anybody and I didn't know how I was going to meet people. When I moved to London, when I was in college, I went through a program where other students were also going through this program. So I knew that I'd be housed with individuals who were in a similar situation as I was coming from abroad and wanting to make friends who were similar to you. 
when I landed in Australia, I literally knew nobody on the continent and (laughs) it was something that was terrifying, but it was also thrilling at the same time. Um, When I got there, I was living in student housing and I was living with five guys from all different countries. (laughs) And I was lucky enough to really connect with the one who was from Spain. His name was Andres and he became a quick friend. And he actually ultimately became my emergency contact. But when I was (laughs) filling out that form at the doctor's appointment, it was terrifying because I had no idea who I would put. And I actually left it blank until I went back. And then I put Andres down. Aww. I love that. And and we'll talk in a minute about being a stranger in a strange land because I think that is such a, a powerful experience to have. And I would encourage anybody anybody to have who who could have that opportunity to take it. I would too. I've I did it when I was seventeen in Switzerland. <laughs> oh, lovely. And it but there's nothing like it. There's really nothing like being all by yourself in a strange place, not knowing the language or not knowing anybody. There's a, I think, a growth, a mental and emotional growth spurt that happens that you're not going to get any other way. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you're probably more adventurous than I am because most of my traveling has been to English-speaking countries. Uh, yeah, there's a long story there. <laughs> so, so okay, you and one of the things I definitely wanted to talk about was um, the app you've used to make some friends. Oh, yes. Bumble BFF. I am a big proponent of Bumble BFF, and I really should connect to do a partnership with them. I promise you they have no idea that I'm continuously out just trying to get people to use Bumble BFF. I tell you what, Bumble, I'm going to tag you in this. If you're listening, this girl could be your best, best marketer. (laughs) So tell us that story because um, finding... Finding good girlfriends can be difficult anyway, much less in a completely foreign place. Yes. It it was more difficult than I actually thought it would be because I went to get my master's degree. And, and first, I had a, a short career in communications and marketing. So I wasn't right at the age where people go straight to their master's after undergrad. Um So I did tend to be a little bit older than especially the people who I was living with. And I just didn't know how I was going to make friends because everybody was really intimidating in my classes. Actually, I was one of only two people who wasn't a lawyer in their respective countries. So I was just Mm -hmm. intimidated. A lot of people um, were also foreigners and English was their second language. And I was so lucky to make friendships with them because I learned so much about different cultures. Um, but I just didn't have the crew of girls that I was used to having. Um, I was really wanting to have friends that I could just call up at any moment to go do something or who could more relate to um, some things that I was going through. And I happened to be using Bumble for dating purposes. And uh-huh. it was really easy for me to also use the BFF component of it. And since Sydney really is a hub for a lot of foreigners, there were a lot of people looking for friends because they were also new to the area. So my very first friend off of Bumble BFF, we went on what we called like a first friend date, which is horrifying. I think <laughs> that it's a what lot is worse. That? 
Talk to us. Tell us. Details. It's when you first talk on the app and then you make a plan to meet and we went to a cafe and both her and I were terrified and I'm glad that we both opened up about it pretty much right off the bat because it was the first time either of us was meeting somebody from Bumble BFF or the first time we were meeting a friend from an app, which just kind of seems insane if you haven't done it before. Um I had already done it for dating purposes, but I just think friendships, I value them so much. And dating, you're ultimately going to find one person or at least one person at a time, hopefully. (laughs) And (laughs) with friends, I want to have as many as possible. So I wanted it to always work out with whoever I was meeting. Um, But luckily, it worked out really well with her. And then we kept going on what we were calling friend dates with other new girls. And after the third one, we decided to ask a bunch of girls who we were connecting with on Bumble BFF to have a beach day. And we went paddle boarding and there were about 12 of us and it was just an amazing time. And we clicked and we maintained the friendships throughout my year in Sydney. And I'm still very close friends with a lot of those girls. That is awesome. Okay. I have a a a couple of questions coming up from that. One is, um, I often hear people say, oh, I only need one or two good friends. Not my mindset, (laughs) clearly not yours. Tell me what's behind that for you. That's not my mindset at all. I find that different individuals help give me tools and just different learning topics that benefit me throughout life. So I want to collect as many friendships as possible. And I also just value them. I want to know how they're doing continuously. I want to know what's new in their lives, even if they are living in a different country and I haven't seen them for a long time. It always is so thrilling to talk to them and just learn about how they're doing. I love that. And this, you know, that's why I love doing this podcast. I don't know what's coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and that this is a great nugget for everybody to hear because I really do think that having a variety of friends, uh, other countries, other colors, other types of people really um, enriches your world in so many ways. It's um, it's hard to calculate how many ways. The other question is, you're keeping in touch with people on the other side of the world now. How? How often? What is the prompt? Um what what is the thing that makes you shoot off an email or WhatsApp or pick up the phone? How do you know? Well, it can be really difficult because of the time zones. And I was a lot better at keeping track when I lived abroad because I would be contacting friends and family back home every single day. But now it's it's gotten a lot more difficult for me to keep track of my friends in the UK and my friends in Australia and also other parts of Europe, because there's just so many time zones to try to memorize. Mm -hmm. Um, But actually, social media helps a lot. And being friends with them on different platforms, you get to see secondhand what's going on in their lives. And then that a lot of the time is what helps create conversations. Um, Me and one of my best friends that I made when I was in Australia, we continuously talk via messenger on Instagram. And if it's just something that reminds one of us about the other, we'll reach out. Um, She's really good at giving me random calls via WhatsApp. (laughs) Nice. I need to be better about that on my end. But 
having all these different platforms that you can easily reach out to others, whether it be Zoom, FaceTime, WhatsApp is really helpful for international friends um, and mm-hmm. social media in general. And that the random phone calls are great. I, I got a postcard the other day you know, from Georgia, but still, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, really do, you ever, do you ever send mail? I do. And especially when I've lived abroad, I've sent postcards back home. But I wanted to try to surprise a lot of the friends that I made when I was in Sydney by sending them postcards. But since we've all moved so much in the past year, um, I don't have their updated addresses, but Mm -hmm. I will be reaching out to them for that so that then I can send more postcards. So do you do um, like a holiday thing where you reach out to everybody at once? (laughs) I don't. I've thought about (laughs) doing holiday cards with my cats because at heart I'm just an old cat lady, Um, but I've yet to do that. (laughs) And tell us about where you're living now. Well, now I'm in Seattle. I'm originally from Northern California, and I moved back to Northern California after Sydney, and I was working in Silicon Valley, but that just wasn't right for me. So I made the decision to quit my job and move to Seattle with the worst timing ever, right as COVID was getting bad. Oh, gosh. Um, wow. So I've been quarantining here, but it's it's still lovely. Okay. So quarantine, how has that affected your your ability to make friends in Seattle? Have you made friends in Seattle? And I know um, from friends there that it, Seattle kind of has a, a reputation. And I didn't <laughs> find it to be the case, but have you? The, the Seattle freeze is what they call it. Well, unfortunately, I've not made new friends. Um, I will absolutely be joining Bumble BFF again. But right now, just... I'm trying to be extra careful with COVID because my boyfriend mm-hmm. and his mom have compromised immune systems. So I'm really shuttered in. Um, and I haven't been seeing my friends that I already have in Seattle because of this. But mm-hmm. once the world's back to normal, which fingers crossed will be fairly soon, mm-hmm. then I will absolutely be going out on a limb and trying to make friends in all different ways. Have you made any friends online? Online, such as like, like Facebook, solely or, online. Duh, oh, just online friends. Yeah. Um, I think it's been a while, but I think Nancy, you fit into that category. Oh, yes. <laughs> we haven't met in person yet. Um, it's been a while where I've just made online friends, and I I haven't seen them. I think probably in high school that happened a lot, especially since that's when. Facebook came out. Um, prior to that, it was MySpace, but that happened a lot on MySpace and Facebook. Not so much MySpace. nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> MySpace was great. MySpace, you could have your own theme music and your own little site and everything. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was then, but the top eight was really controversial. You do not seem old enough to remember MySpace. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I was in middle school, but I remember it. (laughs) Fine then. Be that way. (laughs) So let me ask you, what is like the coolest thing a friend has ever done for you? Oh, goodness. I'm so lucky that I have great examples. Um, 
But I think one of them was when I was living in Sydney, I moved into a flat with my friend um, who was from Scotland. We were already friends. We made friends via Bumble BFF. But I had my birthday when I was there. And at the same time, my little sister and her boyfriend were visiting me. And it was when I was graduating from graduate school. So it was just a lot happening. And it was really making me feel down that I wasn't at home and I didn't have more loved ones around me to help celebrate. Um, Mm -hmm. But my little sister and my best friend from Scotland, they kind of contrived together. And my little sister made sure that I was away while my best friend from Scotland decorated our flat, made cupcakes, just went all out to make sure that I felt special and celebrated. And that was really needed and appreciated at that time because I just felt so far from home. Oh, that is so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's cool. And what do you think is, is the, maybe the biggest overture coolest thing you've done for a friend? Um, (laughs) I, I really try to always do caring things, um, for my loved ones, but I think one of them is my best friend who I was talking about from high school that I worked really hard to get Uh our friendship. Um, Her fiance, now fiance, and I have also become really close. And he told me that he was going to propose to her while I was in Sydney. And he was sweet enough to line it up with a time that I could come home. So I set up the house um, for the proposal and helped get things ready. And then our other best friend from high school took them, my best friend and her now fiance, out to lunch. And when they came back, they came in the backyard and a lot of her college friends were there with me and we all surprised her and she had no idea that I was back in the States. Oh my gosh, that is cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good one. Good one. What kind of um, advice would you give somebody who um, is also suffering from some anxiety, some social anxiety about about reaching out and and you know taking a leap and meeting some new people? I think that everybody has to go at their own pace. So for me, I put myself out with drastic measures like moving to other countries and maybe (laughs) that's not the best for everybody (laughs) (laughs) but travel for me has been so helpful because it really does force you out of your comfort zone and it can be so easy to say no to different opportunities and still instinctually for me when somebody gives me an opportunity I automatically think okay how do I say no politely (laughs) but just saying yes more often to different opportunities It could be from someone you know, someone that you know secondhand, someone that you haven't met yet as long as you're being safe. But Mm -hmm. just say yes to more opportunities because with every time that you say yes, even if it doesn't work out so well, you'll build confidence and you'll be able to more easily get out of your comfort zone. Here, here. I like that. And that's, I guess uh, the thing is with, with getting out there and doing things like that, you like anything, it they, it takes practice, right? You have to you have to do it a couple of times to get begin to get good at it. Do you think you're good at it now? 
I think I'm better at it. I think that there's always more to learn and more improvements to be made. And I think on a daily basis, I could have a bad day socially and then a great day the next day. Mm. Um, But I really try to just take every moment as a learning opportunity and always try to reason with myself and just rethink like, okay, what happened this day? Why maybe did I not reach out to someone when I wanted to? How could I do better tomorrow? Does stress play a factor in in how you interact with people? Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I think that it's an invisible stress and that's kind of what anxiety is. Um, Even if I'm having a panic attack, I don't think others would ever be able to identify it because it's so inward. But I mean, I am just a stressful person. That's what anxiety is. And I think that Colleen today has morphed so much from the stressed little anxious girl that I once was. But stress is just a part of life and I've become a lot more comfortable with it. And one more question um, about your family. Are are you from a family of connectors? (laughs) I'm from a mix. I am from a very large family. I'm one of six kids. What? My mom My mom is one of five and my dad is one of eight. (laughs) (laughs) So where do you fall in the, in the line of things in your family? Um, We're a mixed family. So when I say I'm one of six, my mom doesn't have six kids. She has three. So she Uh had my oldest brother and then they adopted my second oldest brother. They're only six months apart. Then my mom and dad had me five years later. Um, After that, they divorced and my dad remarried to somebody who had a son who is only three months younger than me. And then together, my dad and stepmom had two kids. So you went from the baby of the family to the smack and middle child. Yes. Well, I feel like the oldest because being a girl, you take care of the younger ones. Um, I found at least more so than my brothers because they were always active and busy and seemed to be a lot older. But I really took on caring for my younger siblings. I I have heard um, from a fr- from a friend who's a coach who works a lot with families that the five four years is kind of the cutoff point. Five years at five years difference, that next child, so you and me, would act more like an only child or an oldest child. Yes, my mom always said that she felt bad that she didn't have another child who was my age range since my older Mm -hmm. brothers were best friends growing up and still are. Um, But for me, I always say I didn't become friends with my brothers or even really had a lifestyle where it was like we were living in the same house until the day that I graduated high school. That was the day that they realized I was going off to college and they appreciated me a lot more. (laughs) So, okay, how old were you when when your families inter, intertwined? Um, I was quite young. I was two when oh, my okay. dad um, – well, when my parents divorced and then my dad got with my stepmom and then they married shortly after that. So – to me, my stepbrother is just as much a part of my family as any of the other siblings. And same with my adopted brother. I mean, he was 
in the family before I was. And um, mm-hmm. even though I only have one full blood sibling, my oldest brother, they all mean just as much to me. I love that. And I love that your brothers are best friends. That's very cool. They and- are. And now begrudgingly, they're mine as well. Oh, <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, so that's, you know, quite an experience to be, you know, go from the baby to the oldest, just like that, but neat still. Mm -hmm. Well, I have really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for being with me. And um, I'm not sure if you wanted to give anybody, you know, you know, your social media stuff, you're welcome to do that. Um, Bumble again, you're listening. This is how you can get in touch with Colleen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my Instagram handle is at call, C-O-L-L underscore fly, F-L-Y. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I really have enjoyed this. And for our listeners, if any of this resonated with you and you learned to yearn to have deeper and more meaningful friendships and more supportive professional networks, reach out to me. It's all about connection. So let's connect. And also, I want to let you know that I have some really cool things coming up, one being the Holiday Social Survival Challenge, which is going to be starting on November 15th, five days to actually be able to navigate the holidays, deepen those friendships, and field any kind of discord you might experience over the holidays. And that will be followed up by a three-day live event on building and maintaining meaningful friendships. You can find out more about that at social holiday, sorry, holidaysocialsurvival.com. And the event will be thefriendshipevent.com. And with that, I will add, remember, friendships make you smarter, happier, stronger, healthier, and wealthier, not to, be, not to mention being absolutely fun, fulfilling, and joyful. And there's science to back that up. So get out there and make a new friend. And it's the weekend. So call your friends. And I'll see you soon. 